Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction of any kind or those searching for a better way to live. Rich and Susan Collenberg found freedom from drug addiction and alcoholism over two decades ago. In the series, The Temple of the Mind, they examine the Beatitudes, the Lord's Prayer, and other Bible passages to show how God uses His Holy Word in the events and trials of life to prepare hearts and minds to be the temple of His Holy Spirit. Take every thought captive now on Freedom to Choose. Thy kingdom come, thy will be Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we would like to welcome you once again to Freedom to Choose. And this is program number 18 in the series Temple of the Mind. And we're going to title this one, Swear Not at All. And it's Matthew 5, 34. And this is going to be an Uh interesting topic (laughs) because, um, well, just... Well, just like what—that's why I asked Rich, well, what do you mean... Don't swear, because even though I may not use incorrect language, doesn't mean I don't have the same connotation in my mind when okay. I say things. Yeah, that that too. But, you know, well, let's pray before okay. we start, because okay. we're going to get kind of interwoven here into some stuff. I, I got a feeling, so. Okay. Um, loving Father in Heaven, thank you again for um, providing a platform that we can uh, discuss the the deeper meanings of the Bible and how they affect our, um, our daily life and um, help us to see the changes that need to be made only through your power and strength. And uh, we thank you for that, and uh, we ask that you open our hearts and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so before we get into it, let's set a little context of what this program is about and why we're doing what we're doing in this series, because we are the dwelling place of God, and everything is connected in this universe. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? Exactly. We're not islands. We carry around with us what we've been taught by others. Everything connects in, t- in a timeless space. That's true. You, if you think about all the things that you've learned from people that have passed on, that mm-hmm. aren't even around mm-hmm. anymore, you're still connected to them. You remember what they said, when they said it. I can remember some things my grandfather t- taught me and told me, just like he was still here. Mm-hmm. And so this, the mind goes much farther What's up in your mind goes much farther than what you're perceiving in the in this time and space. Okay, it could be a collective, uh, a collection of everything you've read, everything you've watched, all that stuff. That makes you who you are. It makes you your opinions on things. It, it makes uh, it it dictates how you interpret things, exactly. how you interpret events, and then how you react to them. That so ex- it's all that building up, interconnected now. Right. When we define ourselves as islands, all out by ourselves, 
We run on fear because even though re, even though what we just talked about is what reality is, your part, your your collective part of everything you've ever mm-hmm. experienced. The human nature runs on fear, and when we're islands, we 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 can be have a tendency to run more on fear. You know, fear of being caught, fear of being exposed, fear of not measuring up, fear of what others might say. It just goes on and on and on. And with all this fear, we can all, as human beings, act out in many, many different ways. One of those ways is addiction, which is basically what this program is about. There are many ways we act out. We act out in putting people down. We act out in lying. We act out in exaggerating. We act out in many ways to try to make ourselves look better Mm -hmm. because— we're afraid. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. So then it has. So that. So all that must be going on because we have a distorted view of who we are. Yes. And, and a distorted view of God. God, which gives us a distorted view of reality and a distorted re- view of everybody else in our lives. Yeah, and, and our how pl- we connect it. Yeah, and our place right. in reality. And of course, when we can't enter into someone else's pain then we have a distorted view on the way they're acting. Right. That's why God says, don't judge somebody else. You have no idea what they're going through. Right. And we're going to get into that in a little bit in this. So this is this is kind of the context when, uh, when Jesus is talking here. Right. So in Matthew, he said, Swear not at all by the heaven, for it is the throne of God, nor by earth, for it is the footstool, footstool of his feet. Nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Neither shall you swear by your head, for you cast not make you can not make one white hair or black hair. Okay, basically, what Jesus says in that f- sentence—that's Matthew five thirty-four. All things come from God. We don't have anything that we haven't received from God. Everything we possess comes to uh, comes from God. And there's nothing that we can guarantee. I can't even get ter- guarantee tomorrow's going to come. Right. God knows he can guarantee it if he wants. Right. I can't guarantee anything. So we can't be speaking as if everything was our own. Right. Right. It's all nothing, given by, nothing is ours no, in reality. No, it's all been given by God. That's right. the context of what Jesus is saying. Right. Okay. And so Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. That's right. Right. So what did he say whenever he's asked? It's not mine to give, right. but it is my Father's. Right. It's my Father who Those are who wise words yeah. because right. that keeps your mind from being controlling. Mm-hmm. And assuming that you are in control, or having things—the things that you have in this world—controlling you, exactly, right? Because that's where a lot of us will lose out if we allow the things that we have to control who we are and and our happiness and this and that. Yes, right? yes. Okay. So, in order to keep the mind pure and free from guilt, Jesus laid down a principle that makes oath taking needless. This is what we're trying to to uh, describe today, he teaches that the exact truth should be the law of speech. Let your speech be yea, yea, or nay, nay, and whatsoever is more than these is of the evil one. We're going to dig into this a little bit, okay? Right. So the exact truth right? So we were talking about it earlier before the program started, Mm -hmm. and you know what, how do I look, honey? 
Yeah, yeah, no, you know, we, she, we've done this before. She she comes down the hall. I go, you look great, and then she goes, as opposed to right, right. Have you not uh, been telling me the truth? Not, all not been along, telling me or, the truth yeah. all along. And then we were we were talking to to Mike, who's producing the program today, um, that about uh, about how did the last program sound? And he says it sounded good. And I said it didn't sound great. He goes, I'm not going to tell you it sounded great if it didn't sound great. So it was a good program. And so we started laughing and talking about that exaggeration to flatter someone right. or that exaggeration to uh I mean, yeah, ex- exactly that's typically what it's for right. is we exaggerate some to maybe make try to make someone feel better mm-hmm. or whatever whatever purpose it right. is you don't to want exaggerate to be, like brutally honest if somebody you know you know there's ways to you know be kind and or what Absolutely. have you but so then what we're really talking about is the next level up and it talks about words um that condemn, you know, all the meaningless phrases and expletives that prof- that border on profanity. Yes, they they condemn deceptive compliments, the evasion of truth, and flattering phrases and exaggerations. Yes, because if I go along and I'm talking to you about a very very serious subject, mm-hmm. and then right out of the blue, after 45 minutes, I say, well. Let me I'm, let me tell you the truth. Right. What let is me, that? Now, now let, let me be completely let me, honest. Let me with be you. clear here. You know, let me tell you the truth. Yeah. And and what happens is is well, what have you been telling me up to this point? If you have to make a point, in other words, you're not truthful. You're so not truthful that you have to tell me that you're telling the truth. Right. This is what Jesus is talking about. You don't have to tell someone you're telling the truth. Just always be truthful. Just, just tell the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And and because what happens is is we do use expletives. No, no, no. I swear this. I swear. Right. And and it, it ends up making us look like up to that point that we weren't telling the truth. Mm-hmm. You know that we're not trustworthy. So he said, "Yeah, let your yay be yay and your nay be nay. Always tell the truth. You don't get yourself into a pickle." Right. They teach that anyone who tries to appear that who he is not or what he is not. In other words, the world, the words don't. If they don't convey the true sentiment of the heart, they're then not. Don't say them. Then don't. And not only that, but be, when you become accustomed to not saying the true sentiment of, of your heart, I remember you told me a long time ago. Oh no! Told me a long time oh, ago no. that when you were out there, you lied a lot. Oh, yeah. And I asked you why. Because you lied about stuff you didn't have to lie about. I lied about everything. Why? Because I thought I had to. to You told me. What did I say? Because I was a liar. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? We turn ourselves Mm -hmm. into that. If if a person is an exaggerator. I changed into somebody that could not tell the truth yeah you just you Regardless. would you yeah you would lie just because that's it's just uh, the thing to do yeah you know and, we, we've talked about before how we create patterns in our brain mm-hmm. that happens with thinking and with doing and i had worn that rut in my brain yeah. was so ingrained in who i was as a person that i knew nothing other than to lie okay so now when you were in that mm-hmm. did you know that was going on no, I, exactly. just, I was See, surviving. That's you know? the danger. See, this is what right. Jesus is talking about. This is why we're doing this program on the Temple of Mind. Sin pays its wage. 
its wage is death. We get into a death spiral when we teach our brains to do wrong things. Right. If you're thinking angry thoughts, you're teaching your brain to become an angry brain. If you're thinking resentful thoughts, you're teaching your brain to become a resentful brain. If you're gossiping about people and putting yourself above them all, you're teaching your brain to be a brain above all and everyone is below you and you will never be able to enter into their pain, never be able to have sympathy for them. You will never be able to love them. Right. And it would be and it's very difficult to have the mind of Christ. Yes, and when this is, when you have those attributes. Yes, and this is what when when he goes through the beatitudes, when he breaks down the Lord's prayer, when he goes through all of his sayings, what he's doing is cleansing the temple. Mhm. That's what he's doing. And when we embrace those words, especially through the gospel and especially how Paul and Peter reflect on the words of Jesus and how they embrace, like Paul says, everything that's pure, lovely, noble, think on these things. Mm -hmm. Why? You'll teach your brain to become a pure brain. Right. This is what he's saying. And when we do that, we are creating an um, an inviting environment for God to to reside. Right. And so when when you hear that phrase and sometimes it can just well keep your eyes on Jesus, keep your eyes on Jesus, but in reality there's so much more behind that phrase oh, when you stop and you think about how you how does a person keep their eyes on Jesus? They study the principles that he believed in and what he lived on and acted out and then those become your own. Yes, you have to look at those gospels and the writings of of all the people in the Bible, looking through the lens of reality and what is really going on in the mind. When Jesus knelt down and wrote those sins in the dust, who was he protecting? He was protecting the very Pharisees that were going to nail him on the cross. We talked about it last time about betrayal. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, prote- when he washed Judas's feet and looked in his eyes with the same eyes he looked in, in to Peter's face with. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do? Go, go ahead. Go do it quickly. Right. Right. He knew he was gonna do it, but he loved him up to the very end. So it's interesting because he told Judas, "Go do what you're gonna do quickly," and he also addressed um, Peter and his, you know, Peter, you say yeah. this, but in reality, what's gonna happen is something completely different. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you know, it. Sometimes we don't see Jesus as a person, so he was trained to not only act out by washing their feet, but to speak to each one, Mm -hmm. but with the desire to draw them still. Mm -hmm. What do you think it said to the disciples when he talked, when he, with the, when he was with the Samaritan woman Mm -hmm. and she wanted to know where to worship. And he said, I want to know what's going on inside your mind. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the five husbands you've had. Let's talk about them. Right. That's what's important because that's why you're in turmoil. That's why you're out here at noon in the heat of the day. That's why you're, you're not an as, outcast. You're, you're an outcast. outcast. That's the the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. And God is interested in that with you. And when we when we look through that lens, when we look through the lens that there's a woman laying down in the in the courtyard of the temple, waiting for rocks to hit her. And Jesus runs away her accusers by still protecting their reputation. He runs them away, and he says, Woman, where are your accusers? And she looks up, and she says, There are none. And then he says the magic words, 
neither do I condemn you. Right. Just go be a better girl. Mm-hmm. That's God. Right. That's God. That's the truth about God that we that when we look when we look at Jesus and he's and he's trying to make our make our minds better. That's how when we look at him like that, when we look at him and say, I can trust this guy. I'm he's going to protect me from them rocks hitting me from everybody else. Right. And you know, she wasn't And an from adult. my own condemnation. Yes. Right. Yes, that's who God is. God right. knows. Right. So God is not trying to push you away and penalize you. He's trying to draw you and heal you. Yes. So that the damage can be healed and is no longer present in in your mind and in your principles and your character, which shows by how you live, comes out in their daily living. Yeah. And, you know, and we have used the cross so many times to say it was there to appease God. I would like to submit the cross was there to appease us. Right. We're the ones angry with God. We're the ones where the problem is. We have broke trust with God. We have been running from God since the beginning of the Bible. We, Adam has been running from him, and we have been running from him ever since. You can see David run from him. You can see Solomon. These are great men of the Bible. Right. You can see Solomon run from him. You can see Peter run from him. You can see Paul run from him. All the while, Paul thinks he was doing God a service. Right. This is what the danger of is, of pride and selfishness and betraying your friends. Right. It's, it's a dangerous business. And so, so Jesus is trying to clean this all up, and all just by showing us how to treat people. Mm-hmm. It's unlawful to touch a leper. Not with Jesus. He goes over and he heals that leper. Right. You know? Because, and, and so you can go back one step and you say, um, so when you think, wow, it's unlawful to touch a leper, a leper then you are judging that person and you have this something in your mind that's unwilling to to help someone in need. Right, because it's, it's not the leper or the leprosy. Exactly. It's a metaphor. Right. It's a metaphor. Right. A leper is a metaphor for a, a, a known sinner, if mm-hmm. you will. And, and an alcoholic or an addict, they wear their sin on their sleeves. Mm-hmm. They wear their disease right on their sleeve. And so we want to disassociate with them. Right. We don't want to get close to them. Right. We don't want to help make them well. And understandably, the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is unparalleled. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that need to help each other. But right. if we can look at ourselves through that same lens, that I am a sinner, I just sin in a different way, mm-hmm. and we, then we can enter into their pain and help them as well. Uh, I know that two of the people that helped Susan and I the most in our, in our walk— we're not addicts, and I think of Bill and Martha. Right. Very, very good. Just older people, older friends mm-hmm. that loved us until we could love ourselves right. and allowed us to be who we are. Who yeah. We were we did had no judgment whatsoever. On, Boy, did we need some fetching right? up! Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, um, no judgment on how we dressed and how you know how we we smelled or anything else. Nope. Right. It was just a just a acceptance, pure acceptance. Yep. And through that acceptance and the love that they gave us throughout the years, we've become different people because of their influence. It, it's, it, this is the gospel. Mm-hmm. This, that's the gospel right there. Right. To know that God is in charge of everything. Right. That we can't guarantee. All we're responsible for is to tell the truth as we know it. 
as you know, as what live up to the light that we have. Right. Help people around us as best we can. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is, is just have that sincere desire to want to get well. And if you, we have to know that we are sick in order to want to get well. Right. Remember, Jesus says, I didn't come for those that think they're not sick. Mm-hmm. I came for those that know they're sick. And, and, and that brings up another point is that not everybody even if they may know they're sick, not everybody wants to be well. A no. lot of people want to continue in their path. And so at that point, um, I think God calls us to use our reasoning and um, make some principle-based decisions. If we have people in our lives that are having a destructive life, whether it's through drugs or alcohol or whatever, um, God doesn't call us to jump into their mire and get hung up with them, right? God calls us to be available and to offer, but not to get sucked into the e- dysfunction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, no. And let's put, let's use another metaphor. Um, I know someone Uh-oh. who has got medication from the doctor and not taken it. Okay. We have that option. We have that Susan shaking her win, win, whatever, win, whatever, <laughs> right? Um, right. We the, all have the option. We all have to the option. The prescriptions or not? You could you you can have a broken arm. The X-ray will send you to the doctor. The doctor will set it and give you specific instructions on what to do. Now this this is not related to Susan, so don't anybody draw any parallels there because <laughs> she did exactly when she broke her arm. She did exactly what the doctor said, but. You could you could not follow that doctor's advice and re-break it or whatever. So Or have it heal incorrectly. Incorrectly. Mm-hmm. See, so going to the doctor is not enough. Right. Saying you believe in the doctor is not enough. Right. Saying you talk to the doctor every day is not enough. Right. Telling the doctor where it hurts and trusting the doctor's prescription. And following through and with following those through with that prescription. Right. That's what's important. Right. And that, I think, is, it, it can, can have the tendency to be lacking in our lives, mm-hmm. is, to, is to open up to God and say, I think this about that person. And I know I'm not supposed to, but that's what I think. And, and leave it at that. And I guarantee you'll get a prescription right. from God, mm-hmm. whether it be that person calls and wants help. Right. Or whatever, right. you will get a prescription. Right. Now it's up to you to follow that prescription. Mm-hmm. There are so many things in our lives that come along that I don't know that we talk to God enough about because we just think, well, I can just shove that away. God wants to go into every room mm-hmm. in your mind. Mm-hmm. and for Into ev- all the rooms of the temple of the mind. Exactly. Right. In my Father's house are many rooms but so that's interesting it's not just the temple of the mind but it's like the temple of the heart and the mind yes right because you've got it's all that. connected yeah it's all connected yeah. and he, you know we've we've talked with um a lot of a lot of people that really struggle with well i believe in god but i don't feel that i'm you know, getting anywhere in my Christian experience. And uh-huh. I, now, I don't know, I'm, I can't diagnose, but I do believe that, that uh, you know, when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Mm-hmm. No, Peter, do you love me? Mm-hmm. 
No, do you love me? Ask him three times. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, why? Peter says, you know I love you. No, no, no. You're not talking to me enough, Peter. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you really love me? Right. Then feed my sheep. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Enter into their pain. Right. Minister to them like I did with you. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. And in doing so, and this is this is where the truth comes in. If you're going to be an upright and truthful person, mm-hmm. you'll be able to do that because that is not betraying your fellow human beings. Right. Is entering into their pain and being like Christ. And it's not that prescription is it's not a um it's not the fine print on the label. Right. It's real simple. Right. It is real simple. Love God, don't betray him. Love your neighbor. Don't betray him. Right. Really Real simple. simple. Just not easy. Just not easy. Right. Got to go. Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle. And you have the freedom to choose. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thank you for listening to the Temple of the Mind on Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Kallenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they're supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.